If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Kate, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mister. It's Mister Ben Harrington. It's Mister Ben Harrington. How the devil are you? It is. It is. Devil makes work for idle hands. I'm good. I can tell you're thumbing, thumbing your microphone there. <laughs> thumbing it, thumbing it in. Uh, we got oh, an email. Sniffly. Oh, notice. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Tell us about your sniffles. I'm a bit sniffly, so I'm gonna I'm gonna apologise in advance if I'm too sniffly. Um, I'll get to the point where I think I need to blow my nose, but I'm gonna power through. Um, and if I need to do it, I'm just gonna do it in my t-shirt. Okay. That's hardcore, mate. That's that's dedication. Yep. Okay, so we got an email this morning from uh, Kristen. He said, "Loves the horror hangout so much. I watch a lot of movies because you and Ben review them." Would it be possible to hear you review The Creature from the Black Lagoon? It doesn't seem like you review, reviewed as much old stuff now that the list is done. But regardless, love what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah. I think uh, Kristen has uh, brought up a very good point. Mm. Now that we're sort of not like tied down by the list, yeah, we're not going over the cliff. <laughs> no, not at all. We're, we're, we're nowhere near the cliff. We're fully in, you know, in the mainland. Fully oh, nowhere near any cliff edges. Uh, enjoying ourselves. I think we need to do some more like Universal Horror and so, even maybe a bit of a Hammer Horror film because we've not done one since yeah. The Devil Rides okay. Out. I think. Okay, I'm up we'll, for that. Maybe that could be a New Year's resolution for the horror as it goes into its third year? Year number three? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds about right. Thanks, Kristen. We will definitely, um, it's always good to hear from people. Uh, we'll definitely. I think we should do the creature from, from the Black Lagoon in January. Okay. Yep. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. I'm not scared of the cliff edge. Let's do it. So, uh, have you got any news? Santa's coming. Uh, Santa's coming. Um, he's gonna come down your chimney, and the dirty uh, bleeder. <laughs> Go on. The dirty bleeder is gonna empty a sack all over your carpet. And you're gonna to have to get it cleaned the next day. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of news, a quiet place part two. We've kind of we know it's being made, and we've kind of heard a few things about it. But today, we got like a, a poster, a poster for the film, and also like a teaser trailer. I haven't actually watched it, but apparently, it's going to be an official trailer on New Year's Day. Um, yeah. So the kids, spoilers, obviously for. A Quiet Place Part 1. Is this a spoiler? Alright, let's not do that. I'm not going to spoil it. Don't worry. No. no. Um, characters in this film. Returning characters in the first film. Yeah. Um, we were a bit iffy on it, weren't we, when we reviewed it? 
it's it's showing up in all the best horror movies of the decade list. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, I'm I... still not convinced. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I've I've shared it. I've sh- I've shared like this stuff and sort of tried to to shine a light on the fact that this film's happening. But yeah, I'm not impressed by by a quiet place. And I think in as time's gone by, I've kind of I, I look back on it even less fondly. It was well made and well directed, but nonsensical. Yeah, it just didn't doesn't sit right in the stomach. Like and and I don't think it was very um, unique in the way it tackled the subject matter. There's, uh, there's also a thing that doesn't sit right with me is um, that Josh Krasinski didn't write, didn't come up with the the concept for this film. Um, when the writers, who I can't remember the names, the two writers pitched them. Actually, is it yeah. the, two, is the two people who made Haunt? They wrote and directed Haunt's that okay. recent film. They they solved the screenplay or they had it optioned or whatever. And then Josh Krasinski rewrote a lot of the family stuff, I believe, which is fine. That bit worked. That bits, those bits worked really well. But then, in all of the sort of the run-ups to the awards and stuff, he constantly talked about how he wrote it, <laughs> or like he came up with the idea. Like, not saying yeah. out out outright that like I made up this idea of the quiet place. Um, but I don't know. Part of the way he he was sort of talking about it just made me think. Are you going to mention the people who came up with a core concept that sold this film so well? Like he just never seemed to bring it up, so that that doesn't really sit too well with me. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a little bit of a little bit of a shitter. Um, but I like him. I like Jim. Uh, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Um, yeah. So apart from that, uh, Keith Thomas directed a new adaptation of Stephen King's Firestarter for Blumhouse. Blumhouse, as I said last week, have a day off. Um, obviously, <laughs> but they're. They're, they're churning them out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to mention briefly Black Christmas because I didn't actually go and see it. No, I'm purely, not going to either. Purely based on reviews. And I know I'm not I'm not always that guy who just kind of... But I, if I would have seen like a few good reviews, you know, I probably would have gone, well, maybe I'll give it a go. Yeah. But almost everything just called it like one of the worst of the year and, you know, all this stuff. And I think from the way we... The trailer was, was a, pretty much a shit show. And felt like it gave everything away, even though kind of know the story anyway. Yeah. Um, I just I've I've checked out of it, and I probably won't see it because you know I'm not going to see it in the new year. Mm. I'm not going to watch a Christmas film. It's not Christmas, mate. You know, all right. So it might be it might yeah. have to be next year that I watch it. I mean, it might, um, it might sound a bit bad that we just say we're not going to watch it, but I mean, uh, I I just I wasn't sold. Maybe we'll get on it. maybe we'll get round to it. But yeah. but but basically, we're not going to do a Black Christmas slash Christmas episode of this podcast sorry but um yeah so there's going to be a new version of firestarter have you seen the original firestarter with drew barrymore uh 1984 film directed by mark l lester drew barrymore drew um barrymore no, i've not seen it um i hear it's quite good daughter of michael barrymore um i've not seen it either <laughs> so again maybe that could be one to add to the list yeah, future films we need to watch. Um, I was talking so about other... uh, Doctor Sleep to a friend today, who's a big fan of the, uh, Stephen King as a general. As a general, they like Stephen King when he's in the army. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, was, I was trying to explain to him like it's like the perfect Stephen King adaptation, and I really do think it is. Like it, the more I think about it, the more I think if you like Stephen King books, then you will probably really like Doctor Sleep. That film going to rate highly on your top horror films of the year episode which we will be releasing probably between christmas and new year yeah i do i am like trying to think what have i missed out on like what films have i was i supposed to see this year that i haven't and i don't know what um so i've i missed out on a few things i was trying to make a list the other day and i think a lot of the things i've missed out on are kind of like smaller either independent films or things that have been on shudder that i've not you know seen like things like haunt which obviously you've mentioned yeah previously and I've kind of been trying to squeeze in a few. The film we're reviewing today was one of them as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we've missed any major ones. I don't think we've missed any big ones. We may oh, we may have skipped out on something like that. La, 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 la what word am I? La, la Llorona. La Llorona, but I think we did that, you know, yeah. for a good yeah. reason. Yeah, okay. But... Um, Go on. So what, one more news, newsy item is that after last week, um, the... the trailer for Resident Evil 3 which I think we discussed we discussed that on the podcast sounds like something we would discuss yeah I think we did anyway so Capcom have, have apparently registered a few new trademarks uh, one of which is Dino Crisis which is one of my favourite 
survival horror games of the PlayStation 1 era. You did like and a play along on the on the YouTube channel. Yeah, I did a little video on that of both the games. I've I've re- really enjoyed them. So perhaps we're going to get a, a remake of that in the same vein of Resident Evil 2 and 3, which would be nice. Um yeah, so apparently it's a panic horror game, not a survival horror game. Because, you know, don't panic, mate. Don't bloody panic. Uh, yeah, so that'd be nice. Did you play that? Did you like that? A Dino Crisis. Yeah, Dino Crisis. No, I had the demo. Never played it all the way through. I, when I was a kid, I couldn't play those games. I was too scared. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that for news. How exciting. Okay, cool. By the way, Panic Horror, that makes me think more of Outlast, where it's just like... Oh yeah, Jesus! It's less like survive, survival horror, and more like just moments of yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, okay, so something I've been watching. I was, I was trying to catch up on some like bits and pieces, but I ended up getting enamoured by the Watchmen TV show. I've watched, yep. uh, I think last week I spoke about a couple of episodes, and it's I was like, this is good, and, and people are like absolutely losing their minds on it. <laughs> which I think you you were maybe that way inclined, and like I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is this is good, and then I was like, I'm not completely sorry. It still feels a bit TV for me, uh, but then I think it was like episode eight. The I'm not going to say any spoilers. Is people know that Doctor Manhattan's in the show, right? I think I don't think so. But so he uh, must be, well, okay, he might be in it. So basically, let's let's not spoil anything in particular, but let's just say yeah. there are. Take there are a lot of new characters and there are a few mm. old characters, some more than others that get sort of explored. The best uh, thing about this show is the way it reframes characters from the original series, the graphic novel, in yep. ingenious ways that feel like that's the way they should have been done in the first place. In ingenious ways that like feel feel like it feels like a, a good enough companion piece. To the graphic novel, mm. but it doesn't completely like disregard the film. Yeah, if that makes sense. So if you'd only seen the film, not read the graphic novel, and then you watch this, a lot of things would be familiar, and there are a lot of callbacks to things that happen in the film and in the graphic novel. Yeah. It feels like they've really taken their time to. But yeah, some of the some of the best individual episodes of t- TV I think I've seen. Yeah, so there's two episodes in particular. I think. Um... Just kind of blown away, like emotionally. Like when I was watching, I was like, "Jesus Christ, I'm getting really like checked, like getting really into this." I mean, um, yeah. I mean, the performances are all great. The music, which is like um, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor on Nine Inch Nails, uh, is like just suave. In the, yeah, yeah. Like it's cool as fuck. Um, it's a really sophisticated TV show. Is one thing that I've kind of just described it as it, even though. Like people go, what? What's this TV show about? Like, you can't say superheroes because it isn't, is it? I mean, it's about so much more. It's about so much more. Well, so the first three episodes that kind of put me off a bit, the superheroiness of it. And I had a friend uh, in a Discord channel say the same thing. They're like, they gave up because it was too superhero for them. I'm thinking by about episode four, that kind of simmers away, and you just get like great, great storytelling, great drama, great action. Um, and it is fantastic. I've I've seen people say it's better than the graphic novel, which doesn't really make sense to me, because, I mean, the graphic novel created the the toys for them to play with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, it yeah. feels like the the graphic novel's got the a, a bigger scale of imagination. I think from a person that's the way I sort of person see it. But I do think they've done an incredible complementary piece with the TV show. That I think yeah. I think Alan Moore would be would like quite a he'll bit. Never wa- he'll never watch it, but um, let me watch his TV. Does he? No, he just watches. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what does What does he watch? Well, I couldn't say. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was. I mean, I love the film. I love the graphic novel. So yeah. the more the more of this this style of something, the more Watchmen style stuff, and the more of these characters I can get, the better. And I think it just satisfied me in every way possible because before it came out i was a bit like eh, yeah yeah me too yeah I, yeah uh, that was a bit like that uh i think damon lindelof has had a few hits and a few misses i think then again has he i mean prometheus has a is a bit janky 
but Lost Lost is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Like, it's, it's a different kind of TV show. It's a different era. But I did it would be really nice if that was it. If this stayed as a singular series of TV yeah. and we never got to see any more again, it would be perfect. I think he's he said um, that. Damon Lindelof said this is he had, he got it all out on the page in this in these nine episodes, so he doesn't want to do it anymore. So I think he's learned his lost lessons, perhaps. He's learned um, his lost lessons, mate. Yeah, he's learned his lost lessons. Yeah, it's great. So if you've, if you've not been watching it yet, um, watch it. That's all I can say. I tell you what, I've also been reading. Um, have you read much Grant Morrison? Speaking of comics. Um, I've read, <coughs> sorry, I've read bits and bobs, but what have you been? Uh, mate, work lent me the filth, which is uh, uh yeah, I've not okay. seen that. I've read that. Though. It's a Vertigo book. Uh, Grant Morrison, um, going you know, absolutely, it's the most insane thing I've read in a long time. It's about a guy called Greg Feely who's uh sort of a horrific human being, lives on his own, watches porn all the time, it has a pet cat. Uh, and that's his life. And then you find out that he's actually a sleeper agent for this sort of interdimensional um, superhero task force. And it's it just gets more and more insane with every passing like, page. Like, it's difficult to keep up with it because it just gets, like, crazy and crazier. But it's got all this amazing sort of world, uh, third uh, wall-breaking stuff. And But, it, it, like, people... Who, <laughs> I can't explain it, really. People, I don't really even know I understand the ending of it, but I will say that it's probably my favorite graphic novel I've read in like years. Like it reminds me of reading how I felt when I was reading Preacher, and how I felt when I was reading okay. that you know the, the, that sort of those Vertigo books that are really hardcore, going funny, insanely gory, uh, in just insane on the storytelling level. Uh, but yeah, if, I yeah. think if you like that, those that era of comic books, uh, I think you'll like the filth. Yeah, it looks pretty nuts. Looking at some screenshots now. Um, there's a there's a there's a, a issue in it where a guy uh, has like this radioactive sperm, and the sperm is big enough that they start killing people. <laughs> there's there's one bit where a, guy, a delivery man turns up at this guy this evil porn uh, maestro's house uh, and ends up getting sucked into an orgy that he can't escape. It's 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 good. <laughs> it's good, man. It's really good. Help me! I'm stuck in an orgy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you? He's, he's, um, what? Well, I haven't watched that much, to be honest. I watched Marriage Story. Oh mate. Um, yeah. lot lot of good good reviews. That you you kind of told me to watch it as well. And yeah, I really liked it. I think it's. I mean, it should be called Divorce Story, probably. Um, but yeah, very hard hitting, emotional family drama. Two really good lead performances. Um, a really nice. Snappy, snappy script. Yeah, I think I yeah. think the worry is going into that it's going to be dreary, but it's it's really nice. It's the... Yeah, no, no, it's not dreary. Um, and there's some some musical numbers as well, you know, which uh, I guess yeah. it was we didn't expect. But did it get you get you in the feels at all? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make me. Maybe I didn't choke up or anything. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of a weird one because it's almost like, are you supposed to be on anyone's side in particular? I almost felt like I couldn't side with either of them. I think, I think that's the point. Like, it, yeah, doesn't it really wasn't like favorites. I yeah. think that's maybe why I didn't didn't feel too, you know, it didn't affect me too much emotionally because I didn't feel like I. I mean, I understood certain things about the relationships, but I didn't yeah. feel like I sided with one person in particular. You know, I felt like I, I was siding with them against the the law, lawyers. the lawyer system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was horrific when the the lawyers are sort of um, and going that's like, really that's really yeah. utter. And I was like, yeah, I, don't yeah. recognize, I didn't even recognize them. They're like going to town on like digging into the details of these this this uh, couple's lives and sort of making details out to be much bigger than they actually were, and then yep. it's really horrific. And then it once there's a recess or something, they start talking about how they're going to pop around to each other's kids' birthday parties and and stuff. And they suddenly there's no animosity at all. It's like it's yeah, just it's a game. It's like it's just the um, yeah. like a job to them. It's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was that. Anything, anything else? I've not really watched all that much else this week. Um, no, that's so, it. I, go on, sorry. I'm going to do some Star Wars catching up. Uh, I'm not going to do everything, you know, like a lot of people have been doing. I'm going to do Force Awakens and Last Jedi before I go and see Rise of Skywalker at some point over the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe I maybe do Rogue One and maybe Solo again over Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and... There's a film I've seen people talking about called Daniel Isn't Real. Have you seen people yeah, talking about this one? Yeah, yeah. 
I've, I've, that's on my radar. Yeah, well. it looks cool. Right. It's like a horror drop dead Fred, apparently. And it's yeah. got um, Patrick, is it Patrick Schwarzenegger? One of the Schwarzenegger kids. Uh, okay. The Schwartzies. Yeah. One of so, them there, Schwartzies. That sounds like it might be right up my street. Just looking up. Yeah. There. <laughs> okay, yeah, man. Uh, so, but no, it's just uh, the girl, girl on the third floor. I watched. Yeah, I watched that as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, have you got any uh, info on the girl on the third floor? Sure thing. So, girl on the third floor is a 2019 horror film directed by Travis Stevens, written by Travis Stevens, Paul Johnson, and Ben Parker, starring CM Punk, Trieste, Kelly Dunn, and Tonya Kay. The film tells the story of a deeply flawed husband who renovates an old home for himself and his wife and supernatural events that ensue while they live there. Yeah. Or it's more okay. like while, he, while he's doing it up, while they live there. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, critics are given 81%. Uh, users, the Rotten Tomatoes users, are giving it 39%. They're not having it. 4.9 out of ah. 10 on IMDb. I haven't actually looked on Letterboxd, ah. uh, but I think, it was, I think it was like a 2.9. It was like it was around that sort of point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... Ooh, it's uh, 2.8. Ooh, yeah. You are, mate. Okay, so, uh, I mean, I was quite interested to watch this film because the art, the poster art, is fantastic. Not just this one, the, the main one with like the, the house and the heart. There's another one. There's two more pieces of art. They both look amazing. Um, yeah, just like a ha- house and a heart um, thing. Also, CM Punk's in it, so I'm like already quite interested. Yeah. I like, I like to follow CM Punk. He seems like a cool guy. I liked watching him in the UFC, even though he lost pretty horrifically. Um, yeah. And I like, I just want to see what that guy does. He seems like a interesting. Although he hasn't credited himself as CM Punk in this, he credited himself as Phil Brooks. Phil Brooks, but a lot of things on the poster say Phil CM Punk Brooks. Uh, okay. uh, so I was trying to guess CM Punk's in this, mate. Oh, CM Punk. Uh, yeah, I really liked the aesthetics of this film. I liked the um, the t- the font used. For like the opening credits, like a tattoo studio, and the title credits, like a yeah, and there were some weird sort of like musical choices in this. I don't know if it's, yeah. I don't know what band it is or if it's just the same band, but it almost sounds like they've got like five, four or five songs by the same band, right? And, yeah, and yeah. they've never included them. I mean, I'm, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, but yeah, some interesting music choices as well. Some some more jarring than others. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, not like the most unique concept in the world. Essentially, like a weird, creepy haunted house. But you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean. So this is kind of a lower budget film, I believe. Um, it's seen, it feels that way. Um, but the um, I think it's Travis Stevens' first feature film he's written and directed. So it's, it's yeah. It, I mean, on on the top of it, he's done a good job. I reckon uh, it's all practical effects. It looks like there's a lot of practical effects. It's, this film is gooey, juicy, sticky, tacky. Um, Probably, probably sour. I imagine a lot of it's sour. If you stick your tongue in the juices that are everywhere, there's like a there's a lot of sex stuff, like a like a condom, yep. <laughs> loose condom stuff. There's like there's a lot of viscous semen like fluid. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe too much semen like fluid. I think. Yeah, I do wonder what they, what they used to make. Um, marbles and various other spherical objects being inserted in areas, yeah, orifices. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, how do you feel about it in in general? Um, it's kind of a bit cra- It's a bit like insane, but like in a not necessarily in a good way. It's a bit insane. It's weird. Yeah, it kind of it kind of doesn't quite sit right. It doesn't quite feel like I don't know. You know when you watch a film and it's like it's, it doesn't feel like the characters are behaving or interacting in in a way that human beings genuinely do it almost feels a bit odd and as as like a fan of cm punk and as someone who's watched a lot of cm punk in wwe something about his acting feels good but it feels very pro wrestling it doesn't feel he is cannot act in a natural way yet i mean it's it's the first film in it so maybe we'll get better but like when you there's a point in this film where there's like a protagonist shift when it shifts from cm punk who feels like Everything is sort of not not he's not really saying them as a person. It shifts to this woman character. Suddenly, the dialogue that becomes way like breezier between people. It feels like actual people having conversations. I'm like, CM Punk man. There's a great bit when he gets really angry, and I'm like, that was that was a good moment. He like punches the cabinet. 
yeah, he kind of they're a bit there are like tonal shifts, like shifts in his mood and stuff that I didn't quite buy. I was yeah. a bit like, what? What on earth's going on? It's just like, and you know, standard in a horror film, especially a horror film like this, is where people don't generally do things that people would really do in these scenarios. There's a hell of a lot, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but there's a hell of a lot of people going into a room or going or staying in a house long after they would have left. You know, long, long after they would have left. Um, yeah. and people aren't asking the right questions, and it just feels a bit frustrating in that way. It doesn't quite feel, it almost feels dreamlike in that way that these things aren't really, you know, happening. Yeah. There was absolutely no, no intention to cover up CM Punk's tattoos either. So the fact he's got straight edge tattooed on his stomach. Um, and a, a hell of a lot of time he's drinking. Uh, he's got pep. He's got like the Pepsi logo yeah. tattooed on it on his arm up there as well. Just for, he's supposed to be like a former lawyer, and I know, like, yeah, of course, whatever tattoos you got aren't going to relate to your chosen career path in any way. Yeah. But it really, really, really did feel like it reminded me of like vin- vignettes you get in wrestling sometimes, right? Of that are that are, that are a bit like this. Like over the last few years, we've had these where there are a few characters who are like a bit horror themed. And we've had these sort of vignettes in house, oh, okay. uh, a house of yeah. horror or like um, the Wyatt compound and stuff like that. Mm. And it felt a lot like that. It felt, and I, again, not just because CM Punk's a pro wrestler, but probably because he is, it made me think of it a little bit more. Yeah. Is where it just almost feels like a bit, a bit, a bit weird and dreamlike and not quite cinematic, not cinematic. I think maybe they, I do know you mean the dream. Like there's some like uh, '70s horror camera movements. You know, like the the, the zoom into people's faces. Oh yeah, I, I, love, kind of cool. I love that shit. But yeah. I, I think they should have leaned into the dreaminess a bit more. It reminded me, the aesthetic reminded me of the Channel Zero TV series, where it's like yeah. kind of arty and bizarre and weird. But they like really leaned into the dream logic kind of side of stuff. So things felt really on like. Uh, uncanny and sort of like unnerving whereas this one's kind of felt like it's, it still had one foot in the real world and that was maybe maybe too many yeah. feet in the real world i mean i enjoyed the fact that we didn't get you know jump scares as such and you know when the when the when the genuine horror stuff started happening which i guess doesn't really take take a take a front it doesn't really t- it doesn't become the focus of the film until like maybe like the yeah. final third um i enjoyed the fact that it didn't feel it did it never once felt like a cliche modern horror film. Yeah. So there's the uh, there's a, a girl in the in the film called Sarah Brooks who plays a uh, a ghost. Yeah. I don't know if she's in too much. I kind of felt like she was was a little unnatural as well in the performance, which yeah. only made. I mean, the best performers in this film. Okay, so you got the the wife character. I can't remember her name. Uh, Milo and the yeah. dog. They were the best actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, the dog was incredibly natural, actually. Actually, he was. I don't know how they got him to do some of the stuff that he did. Um, very stoic character, this dog. Uh, reserved. Uh, it's it good, but um, yeah, the other actors just didn't seem. Yeah, so Sarah Brooks felt a little bit wooden, and especially when she was monologuing, I felt a little bit like this is kind of nuts. Mm. This is this isn't quite right. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a. I think what you said just now is an icky, sticky, a bit of a dirty film i guess it kind of you're supposed to make it feel like that because the protagonist isn't like a really likable guy um you understand he's got a bit of a shady past um and he's not like faithful to his wife so all of these things like do make you feel a little bit icky and like the house makes you feel a bit icky as well because it's like it's a bit run down it's a bit like it looks really outdated and then like all of the all of there's there's loads of leak leakages And moldages, yeah. Word. Also, and, like, the, uh, like the the decor. I mean, it's like a. Uh, where is this place? place? Um, um, Chicago. So was, okay. Yeah. Like there's um, weird decor. This was like the plaster cast, like things on the wall on the walls um, that look wet and icky, even though they're probably not. I think they're like shiny and do you know what I mean? Like the like sort of floral things that looked bizarre. <laughs> We spend like, like about a week with the main character as well, who's supposed to be renovating this house. He gets nothing done. He yeah. gets absolutely the house looks no different. Um, so interest. <laughs> so his name's Don Koch. Yeah. Koch. Yeah. That's fine. Like, you, got, you don't like that name. Don Koch. 
sounds a bit silly, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I guess it didn't go... Sorry, sniffling. It didn't go anywhere particularly unexpected, but it didn't feel like a super cliche film. I mean... I would still recommend people watch it, I think. I think it's got something about it, like the practical effects and some of the the, the gorier, weirder aspects, like the, when he starts breaking open the walls and stuff. I thought that's quite, that's quite it bit, cool. It was a bit Silent Hill in places. Um, yeah. It's a bit, a bit like the Silent Hill game, The Room, you know, where I like it makes the most of like yeah. all of the all of the claustrophobia and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the film um, <clears throat> opens. We've got ex-lawyer Don Koch. Uh, he's, he's gone to this house that he's bought. Uh, he's bought and paid for, and he's going to renovate it up. He's got like a, a month or so to do it before uh, his wife comes and joins him. Apparently, the wife is the breadwinner. She owns a company. She's uh, great. <laughs> And Don is not great, but he's got a dog. The dog's called Cooper. Most of his film is him going Cooper, and the yeah, dog yeah, just wanders yeah. off. As soon as he, as soon as he opens the door, as soon as he get there and they open the door, Cooper walks off, goes upstairs, and whilst Don's um, unloading his tools or whatever, Cooper starts licking at a puddle of what's like uh, sick and bile and a condom, like a loose condom. Who knows where it's oh, from? Yeah, um, yeah. You think like. He's obviously looked at this house before. Yeah. Like, how's, how's sick and bile and a condom ended up in that house before the last people... We don't really hear anything about the people who lived there before, do we? No, interesting. We do a little bit because the woman, there's a woman across the road who says, uh, this is house, uh, it, unless you've got a strong relationship or something, it, it, I don't know. I mean, what happens in them? Do they like, all die or disappear? Are they in the walls? We don't know. They're all turned to guck and goop. Yeah, Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the house itself, I think, is cool. Um, like you said, he doesn't seem to do much. Like, no, and he does a lot of things like with minimal like tools, and he's kind of got a drill at one point. Uh, there's a weird bit with the drill where he kind of like goes to drill in a wall, and then and then the drill stops working, and he's like, he's pretty calm drilling it in, yeah, and then it stops working. He goes, oh, for fuck's sake! God yeah. damn! And I'm like. Yeah, Jesus and then he uh, like suplexes it and starts like elbow dropping it and stuff. <laughs> What's CM Punk's uh, so finish- move? So, so his finisher in WWE was go to sleep or the GTS. Did you go to sleep during this film? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, no, no, not this time. Yeah, so that was a bit over the top. And yeah, I mean, like, what was he doing? He did a bit of painting at one point. He covered up like a hole. There was some board. To be fair, like, I don't I don't know it. anything about house renovations. So. I mean, me neither. I mean, me neither. Okay, but I didn't. But not once did I go, it's looking pretty good now. Or I go, oh, he's making a lot of progress. I just thought, what are you doing with your life, mate? Painted the walls. And he, like, he FaceTimes his wife in a way that no one has ever FaceTimed. 
something was going on where he was like, he'd be talking to her and then he'd go, look, look at all this stuff I've done. And he'd be putting the phone around, but the phone would just be her face. You couldn't see the screen. Yeah. I couldn't live like that. I think, the, I think they were, that was a sort of technology thing where like they, they couldn't have it work in a real way, way because it wouldn't work for the story of the film. But that's not how Skype conversations work. Like you oh, see that you see what if you face if you're using the backwards case camera, then the screen shows. I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's a really minor minor gripe to have. Mm. But you know that and like the way the text messages looked when they came through, little they were made on like Microsoft Paint or something, and that was annoying me. Again, that's I think it's a it's like a budget thing. Uh, but I know it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so um, so he's doing his stuff, uh, and it's like goop. Goop showing in the walls and the plug sockets are constantly coming. And then there's a girl, uh, like a neighbour turns up called Sarah. She's like super flirty. Again, there's a, there's a weird camera moment here um, that looks student filming. There's too much bokeh. You know what that is? Where it's like yep. the, the, the foreground's in focus and the background's blurry and lovely. That's a student film sort of looking thing. And then like the, the camera's... I think he breaks the 180 rule, which is where... Uh, yeah, yeah. So just, it really doesn't feel right for the rest of he's when he's t- first talking to the Sarah character. Maybe that was intentional to sort of make it seem kind of odd because we find out later that Sarah's a bit a bit of a strange one. Uh but like within I think maybe that day he they just he invites her up and has sex with her. Yeah. Um yeah it seems a bit out of nowhere but maybe we're supposed to understand, you know, he's got absolutely no there's a bit later when someone says he can't say no and his wife says, Tell me about it. They were made yeah. to think that you know he's a he's a very easily I want to don't want to say easily led because obviously it's his choice but he can't obviously can't say no when it comes to anything he's offered. Yeah. Do you want some chip? Do you want some chips? Even if he just had a full meal, he goes, "Go on then, go, go on then, can't help himself." Yeah, you're a, you're a wrestler. You can't be eating too many carbs. Think about yeah. the extra pounds he's like. I don't care. Do you want to fight in a UFC fight even though you've never trained or anything? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, you got beaten in thirty seconds. Oh. It, it's it's horrible that, that that's going to be part of his legacy, because like I genuine... still think it's amazing. I I really like watching that documentary, the YouTube series, yeah, of yeah, him training the UFC training stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was great. I think he's just a very interesting guy. I like the relationship he's got with um, AJ Lee, who's who, who was in WWE as well. Um, and I think yeah, when he was when he was in WWE, even though I wasn't really watching at the time, but I've looked back on it a lot. He was a very interesting, unique character, and for 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 a product like WWE, which is very heavily written by you know, um, yeah, uh, written by loads of different people, he sort of really brought something unique to it, and that's why it's a bit disappointing that this was is essentially his first, well, his first leading cinematic turn, isn't it? I don't know if he's been in films before. Yeah. Um, so it's frustrating that he's kind of a bit. I don't know. I think this this is what I can think about his performance. I know being a bit generalising here, it almost felt like he was trying to channel a bit of Bruce Campbell. Yeah. A bit of Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And at and at times, and this is this is obviously a compliment. At times, I feel like he channeled Bruce Campbell stuff quite well. Obviously, not the comedy elements of it but almost like the desperate um wide-eyed ethic wide-eyed yeah sort of stuff i think he channeled it quite well and there were even a couple of moments where unfortunately not when he was talking <laughs> but there were almost a couple of moments where he did sort of channel the jack nicholson a little bit it's and weird. i think yeah go on sorry unhinged you know unhinged sort of um bastard protagonist I think. I mean, I think maybe a little bit more like coaching, just to sort of get that naturalistic dialogue thing happening. He could, he could be pretty good, but I think this film it feels like he's figuring out how to be in front of a camera in that but way. But then, at the same time, he doesn't get many scenes with good, good actors as well. So you yeah. know, if he had some more scenes with someone he could kind of, you know, really, really bounce off of, maybe yeah. it would be a, be a bit better. But you know, he gets he gets scenes with the girl, obviously that he cheats on his wife with. Um, his friend Milo, who's pretty good, but you know they don't. Mm. They they have like a bit of an argument slash. Again, uh, so you mean like the emotional? It didn't really make sense that argument. It it didn't. No. They didn't sell it. No, exactly. And I think if someone was telling you not to cheat on your wife, you probably hold your hands up and say, "All right, mate, I know I've had a beast," but he kind of just goes like, oh, "I'll do what I want." Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
and that there weren't any other really sort of standout characters. Because again, when you think about it, CM Punk and the actress who played his wife didn't share any actual screen time apart from apart from Skype calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so Milo, this guy who's um, his mate, um, oh no, it's his wife's mate. He turns up and he's helping out. He's he's hammering some bits on wall and painting or whatever. They, I don't know. They, but he's pretty good. He's pretty nice. Um, and then he. They even they go drinking and he's like, "Should you be drinking or something?" You've got a straight edge tattoo, and he, he says, <laughs> "Leave it alone, Milo." Leave Jesus. it alone. I know I've got a tattoo of it, but it doesn't mean it's my lifestyle or anything like that. Jeez. Leave it alone, Milo. I know I've got a wife, but it's my lifestyle. <laughs> it's my lifestyle. Go- do what I want. You've also got a tattoo which says, "I hate beer" on your arm, <laughs> and you're drinking a beer. Ah, oh, oh. come on! Don't let my tattoos <laughs> yeah. sum me up like that. Um, so Sarah turns up whilst Milo's there, and she's. Um, a little bit, a little bit sort of, um, I don't know, too friendly for someone who's just a neighbor, like a random neighbor, like you shouldn't know really at all. Uh, yeah. But then he, Milo catches Don, like threatening her, or I can't really say it's like he's... it's just, yeah. I mean, it just looks a bit. I think he basically tells her that she needs to stay away. Um, what happened was like a mistake, but you know, he's he's married and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So obviously he's trying to sort the situation out, and when Milo sees it, obviously he automatically recognizes that something is something is up, something's not quite right. Yeah. So um, this Sarah character uh, is suddenly in the basement. Yeah. So there's a bit where so Don isn't in the house, is he? At this point, and Milo sort of like yeah. carrying on doing what he's doing, uh, carrying on working. He he ends up following sarah down into the basement i think or or he goes down into the basement and she's there yeah and she clumps him on the head with a hammer it's a pretty good uh, uh, it's pretty pretty gruesome it's like uh it's like right eyeball is like caved in or something it's uh he's trying to get a, away this is a pretty good uh, effective horror moment which was when he was cr- trying to crawl up the stairs trying to escape he looks up and sees just like this horrible you know um disfigured grotesque reminding me a bit of um Lisa Trevor in the Resident Evil first game, yeah, uh, the remake where she's a bit like all, all sort of like deformed and stuff, and we only see her for a second before you know Sarah continues smashing them in. So we know something's mm. something's not quite right. All these weird sort of um, supernatural things that are happening around the house. Uh, uh, a lot... Sarah's a ghost, right? I mean, we've we've pretty much picked up on it that she's like not a normal person. No, we understand. Like... I kind of thought maybe she's a ghost or maybe she's like in cahoots with the supernatural forces of the house. That's what I kind of thought of this. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. Um, and obviously there's a lot of weird things happening, like marbles kind of popping out of orifices in the house and rolling around. That happens a lot. There's a moment where Don puts one, like swallows one of these marbles, and it's not really, like, mentioned. Yeah, or... I think I think it's meant for, like, he's becoming possessed or something. It's, yeah, it's a weird yeah. moment, but, I, yeah, it's bizarre. And he also gets that, so you can't find Milo. Um and then he starts to look for him in the walls. <laughs> just like a little. Well, no, he, so he kind of he comes. He thinks Milo's just gone, and he texts Milo saying, "Like, sorry about that disagreement we had." Mm. And Milo's like, "It's fine." But obviously, then we find the next day that the dog has been oh, okay, yeah, stuffed yeah. dead into the dryer, and obviously, um, CM Punk reacts. This is another thing. CM Punk reacts ba- reacts badly, but not. Probably as you would react if you find your dog dead stuffed in a tumble dryer. I think you'd be, I don't know, you'd be enraged or like confused and just like what the. Fuck? He seems a bit like, almost a bit peeved when he yeah. when he calls. So he calls the police. There's like an unhelpful sort of police officer who like does again. This police officer probably doesn't quite act how someone genuinely would. Yeah. He's like, what's her name? Sarah. Yeah. No second Dude, name. Someone <laughs> has killed the dog. In a yeah. way, put them in the dryer. Like, I think, I think if CM Punk or or anyone who this happened to would be like losing their mind, like it, they'd be like wanted to like get vengeance. They'd be like, like greet, like you know, completely and, full of grief and. And this is something else that I kind of feel that there's a problem with this performance is that when it gets to the point where Don eventually does take his revenge, so later on. There's no evidence against Sarah, so the police officer is a bit like, oh, screw it. Hmm. So what? Um, but there's a bit later where she comes back into the house, and 
he takes her down. So he basically apologizes to her, apologizes to her for mistreating her and that he lied to her and he said, I'm sorry. Um, and then he takes her down to the basement. And I don't feel like him killing her is earned. I don't feel like, yeah. I, I don't feel like I believe that he's capable of this. Yeah. I, I don't feel like this is a turn or anything. He kind of just kind of does it, whacks her on the head, um, and then put, tries to put her body inside the walls um, behind like this like brick barricade that he's made yeah and then and then she vanishes her body vanishes and this is why like again even now like this crazy the crazy stuff that's happening he kind of he just does feel a bit annoyed by it yeah like he's like he's lost his keys or something he's like ah the bloody body's gone it's not like what the hell the body's (laughs) gone at what point does he start to um stick a camera into the walls yeah so i think not long after this he's kind of like looking he's kind of looking for us obviously yeah Someone's right. He, he, drill, he drills holes in the walls. He puts a camera in. This is quite good because also how much how much money is he invested in like technology around his house? He's like got CCTV cameras set up. Yeah, yeah. He's got this like what's that camera called that he uses? I don't know, like a camera, ca- cable cam- camera thing. Yeah. Camera on a string. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one that you usually put out your arse. Yeah, but he puts it into the walls, and that's and that's quite good. Is that when he's when it's going down, you see all the like insides of the walls, and then we see like some hair and like a. <laughs> Creepy little giggle, yeah, um, which is pretty creepy. And then he starts smashing, he starts smashing the wall up, obviously. And then he finds Milo, Milo's dead face. body. Yeah, he's been rammed into the walls. Uh, I, I, I like these bits. I like this sort of because it's like he's digging at the walls, and then there's like um, like bloody sort of skin stuff there, and it's like breathing. That's I like good. it. It's weird. Like it's um, it like needs that. more of that sort of surreal horror. I think would work for this film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then it's a bit weird because he gets a text from Sarah as well, who's still alive, you know, yeah. even though she's had her head hammered in. Yeah, and I think the ghosts use phones. The ghosts use text. So there's, and she sends there's him a few things about the yeah. Hey, about the ghost. She changes clothes, which I don't. I don't think ghosts should be changing clothes. To me, to me, I don't think they should be. And <laughs> like modern clothes, yeah. like she doesn't look like she's a ghost from. Uh, like the seventies or whatever. It... That's why I thought maybe she's not a ghost. Maybe she's like in cahoots yeah. with the supernatural elements of it. You know, maybe she's I don't know a manifestation of the house and somewhere. I don't know. I think a bit but more thought she... about what she the way the ghosts would look would have mm. wouldn't have gone amiss. But the way yeah. that she sends a text message with her, like that saying actions have consequences feels just very silly. Not a ghost thing like, yeah. A, go- yeah. a ghost doing that like it feels a bit like playful and a bit like huh, yeah. actions have consequences not the fact that she's murdered his mate uh just yeah it's just all a bit mad you know what i mean it, it i feel like something else needed to be done there she didn't need to receive a text from him it's a um, good bit uh from, maybe the best bits around the film now when he gets attacked by marbles like he's running yeah. away and the marbles are coming after him and yeah, it that's very, very goes good. in his goes in his leg it's like that scene in the mummy where ahmed jalili gets a, a scarab beetle in his leg he's, he's following it up and he's got his Stanley knife. What did he call it, America? A box cutter. And he's um he's like trying to slice out this thing. He's cutting his body to shit. <laughs> like it's it's gruesome. It's going all up his face towards his eyeball, and that's when it's, the it's like under his eye. <laughs> it's, it's when the good. weird yeah. the weird creepy disfigured woman sort of turns up again with her weird giggles and yeah and creepy. She sort of crawls out the walls and and comes towards him with marbles. Uh, yeah, I mean it's very it's it's like unique. It's it's, it's strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not it's not um. Especially when she drops like the she drops the like he gets one out and he, she drops the bag of marbles and it's like we all, we don't see what happens from then on but you kind of get the idea that he just starts playing marbles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty gruesome. Yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah, one thing we didn't mention before is that earlier, um, CM Punk and his mate they found in the bedroom when the ceiling collapsed. There's this weird sort of like viewing platform up on the third floor. So this is another thing. Like it's called, the film's called Girl on the Third Floor, but like which girl? Which girl are they talking about? Which girl? Which they floor is about? the third floor? I don't know which. Yeah. So the third floor is that obviously where that viewing platform is. Right. But we don't. We the girl never really gets linked to the third floor too much. He doesn't first meet her on the third floor. She doesn't like keep appearing on the third floor. She kind so of is in. She's on the first floor most of the time, um, but <laughs> yeah. there is a third floor. It's almost like going girl and and there's a third floor. Girl on um, the third floor and in the walls. 
And, in a and she's downstairs in the basement now. Girl, where is she now? Nobody knows. It's a long title. They, I can see why they trimmed yeah. it down. So, uh, so what else? So, well, this so is where it's. So the, 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 this is the best thing. The smartest thing about the film, I think, is that we did realize that Don is a dickhead. He is not a likable protagonist at this, at this point. So now we shift, we shift perspectives, and now we're in the wife's point of view, um, yeah. and she turns out to be the main sort of protagonist of the film. Yeah. Or maybe it's the house that turns out to be protagonist. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. So Think she turns that. up. She looks around the house, trying to find the dog. Obviously, the dog's not there because he's bloody dead. And then it's a, a bit, a bit like heavy-handed with the way it, she finds like some newspaper and it says, "House is a legal brothel." girl died body never found like that's a bit heavy handed that she mm. kind of just finds that where does she find that like in the wall or something and yeah. like looks at it and goes like oh it's like, oh, cir- she's got, it's like she's circled in, and everything yeah read this she's bit in, <laughs> she's been in the house for like a second a minute yeah and CM Punk didn't find any of that shit yeah at any point and all, the whole time he was being there but you know maybe the house was manipulating him um trying to get on his so then we do sort of find out a little bit about CM Punk's background that he was like a lawyer and he screwed people over stole there. a load of money yeah stole a load of money slept and like, with someone slept with someone as well yeah so obviously I guess we don't find that out that early because we're supposed to kind of like be on his side a little bit no. yeah yeah um, so there's like two points two two rounds of scariness for Liz like the first point she goes in there I think this is when she sees the blood and she's like saying this is a mess this place you see all the beer bottles that he's been drinking she's angry at him and then and then she gets the Sarah ghost character starts chasing around with a box cutter that's this point right no I don't think that's immediately so the Sarah sort of just turns up first and kind of like says oh she's been helping Don and Liz is obviously very like what what are you doing here oh yeah I've been helping him I've been like his architectural I'm his architecture assistant, essentially. Yeah. And obviously Liz is immediately like, oh, right, someone's someone's not quite right here. She knows what her husband's like. Yeah. Um, And then Liz sort of has a conversation with someone called Sadie, like lives opposite. Right, yeah. She tells her a little bit about the house being like a... Sadie's the kind of role that would be played by Lynn Shea if this was a Blumhouse film. Oh, yeah. 100%. Lynn Shea would have been... Yeah. Perfect for this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so... That's a bit weird, and then the, the, yeah, there is a bit where um, Sarah does start chasing Liz with a box cutter, and it's almost like, you know, we genuinely mm. do believe that this is, this is she's getting pissed off and freaked out. This is the thing. This is where CM Punk kind of reacted differently. Yeah. So, so she goes back to the house, right? Uh, yeah, she goes back to the house, um, and she finds basically loads of people in the house including Sarah who's like making cocktails Um, and you know they're all dressed in various they look like you know turn of the century well maybe like I don't know is it supposed to be like 20s or something it feels like they all look like they're dressed like that and and again Liz never leaves at a moment when you would leave you know she kind of like what are you guys doing in my house what's going on here is there a party where's Don like she never gets to a point where she goes I'm out you know whatever the hell's going on here see you later you know she never yeah. gets to that point, which is a bit. She goes up onto the viewing platform, and she gets she finds a pew, uh, somewhere to see, uh, down. And there's like a the Sarah character is uh, putting on a sexy display. She gets spanked, uh, and then yep. when there's, there's a nice little music bit here, it feels kind of um, fun housey. Uh, and then yep. she sort of she finds the the bedroom where the girl on the third floor sleeps. There's like little child drawings and stuff. Um, it's good. It's a good little moment. I don't think it's perfect. It feels a bit American ha- American horror story to me. Yep, yep. We made that exact same um, uh, what word am I thinking? Comparison. Yeah. Uh, it felt very American horror story. Yeah, definitely. She runs downstairs to try and get into the bedroom again, and then when she does get in there, um, like the, the viewing platform's gone again because of the, yeah. the way. There's, where there's a guy, there's it. a guy in like a like a bird mask as well. He was yeah. like whipping whipping Sarah at some point. Who, I thought what was done, but he had no tattoos. So, yeah, um, and he and he was in much better shape. Sorry, uh, Phil. Yeah, sorry, Phil. Uh, okay, so uh, then then she gets attacked by Sarah, right? So well, no, Don basically comes out of the cupboard. He's right. covered in all these cuts. Yeah. Where obviously he's been cutting the marbles out, 
And yeah, I thought this was pretty effective. I didn't really see this particular moment coming. Coming. Um, so basically, he begs Liz to forgive him, and she refuses. And then he starts laughing, tearing at his skin, tearing bits off. And then it's Sarah inside Don's skin, and she sort of cuts herself out. And she that bit's quite like, gruesome. He starts cutting his head. He's like he's like laughing loud. This kind of manic stuff, I think, works quite well for CM Punk. You can go a bit over the top because it's obviously not really yep. him. It's a sort of possessed version of him or something. Gets the box yep. cutters, like unzips his scalp and then rips himself open and it's Sarah underneath. Again, nice little practical effects moment. Um, yep. Sarah runs away and she sees Milo's face is laughing in the wall. Yep. And it's like that, that same 70s zoom cut. Zoom, thing. yeah. I like it's that, a, though. I, really I like do it as well. Like that. Yeah, it There's works, about it it works it for this feels... film. I think it works for this film quite, quite well. Uh, and then she sees the girl from the third floor with the mangled head. And she does a sort of badass chick moment. She's like, oh, hell no. Or, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I know you ain't standing in the way there looking all creepy. Or whatever she says. Um, yeah, she just says something like, nope. No, she says, nope. Nope. That's it, yeah. yeah. And she goes, nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, one of those sort of like, four, almost like a fourth wall breaking moment, isn't it? even though it's not a fourth wall breaking moment. Smashes yeah. is deformed, smashes the the girl's head in and then it's all like gunky and gooey and watery oh I want to think about it it's gross um, yeah it's gross and then she leaves the house but when she leaves that Sadie is there the one who lives opposite and she basically just goes I knew this house was haunted the entire time um, but the rules better. <laughs> yeah, yeah what do you tell me and she's like well the rules are that someone must willingly confront it Don failed Liz was given a cho- choice and now she can end the curse herself um, I don't know the, 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 from here on out I'm out of the film what so she now goes back into the house gets the corpse out of the wall which I guess is yep. the girl from the third floor because she disappeared some time ago and no one knows where she went and then they give her a proper burial uh, and then she moves back into the house with the baby yeah. I don't know I'm, I don't understand what the the um, it doesn't seem to make sense in a sort of I, I, I just something, something doesn't ring true about that plot point at all for me uh, it, it just doesn't work it feels like a kind of lazy ending um, yeah. they, they, they aim for a sting at the end as well with uh, the baby uh, is sleeping in the in the cot and then there's um, marbles dropping from the top dropping on the baby's face by the way marbles yeah. just peppering your baby's face with I marbles. just get think choking, choking hazard yeah exactly yeah and then you see Dom's faces in the, uh, in, in the grid in the grill even Looking yeah. at, him. I mean, so it's, a, it's a, I guess uh, the, the last ten minutes, I was like, ah, nah, no, nope, nope, yeah. But uh, I liked all the, I liked, I liked a lot of it. I just um, think it didn't quite, quite come together as as well as it probably could have. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay, man, I've got some trivia for you. Lovely. Okay, so this is Travis Stevens' first film he's wrote and directed, first feature film. Um, how many producing credits does Travis Stevens have? Hmm. I think I know this because I think I was looking a while ago. Hmm. More than 10. 11? 26. Oh, shit. Jesus. He's in a lot. Okay. He's uh, some that our audience might know. We are still here. Did you see that one? Uh, nope. It's a similar sort of budget kind of film, I think. That one's really good. It's about like um, burnt people. In the basement. Yeah, I think I think I looked at a lot of his stuff, and I think I hadn't seen all that much. Starry Eyes, which I actually thought was pretty great. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard it. of that. I've not seen it. Though. So he's done a lot of producing. I think he said he's. I saw it in interviews. He's going to do more writing and directing, um, unless just producing. I think. Okay, uh, number two, name game. You ready? Oh, lovely. Uh, so yes, an Irish man with a very thick Irish accent. Moves into the house to find it's being haunted by a squirrel, which is always seen on the top of the bathroom door. By the way, he refers to the bathroom door as the turd door. <laughs> what is the film uh, called? <laughs> the squirrel on the turd door. Squirrel on the turd door. <laughs> yeah. the squirrel on the turd door. <laughs> okay. I feel like I could have got that without you needing to do the last bit. Okay. Well, not, the, sh- the not, third not showing off. Just, 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 just a note. <laughs> the bathroom door bit. You could have got turd door from bathroom door. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, not maybe not turd door. Do you call say, it the turd was, door? <laughs> I was going to say turd floor. It's because you okay. said heavy Irish accent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three. What does the CM in CM Punk stand for? Is it A, chick magnet, B, 
chicken magnet. C, crap magnet. So I thought he never really officially said, and I feel like chip magnet was something that he'd said, which was kind of like a bit of a joke. But so that's the only one I know. So I'll say chick magnet. You sure, it's not crap magnet. <laughs> you um, you would know more about this than me. But so in the Wikipedia, it says has stated that the CM in his wrestling name has no real meaning. It originally yeah. stood for Chick Magnet, which was the name of a tag team who was thrown into at the last minute. Okay. So who knows? Yeah, that, um, that's good enough. I mean, in that case, it pretty much does stuff for Chick Magnet then. Okay. Uh, number four. This is a new spin on the name game. I'm calling it Movie Mash, where two films become one. So two film titles okay. will combine, and you've got to get the, the, the combined film title. Okay. The synopsis... Captain Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth Turner enter the haunted house to try and reclaim their ship, which was last seen on the third floor. Can you name the film? The Pearl on the third floor. Well, so the, the, the Black- fourth... Go on, sorry. <laughs> what? Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl on the third floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that, mate. I'll let you add that one. Okay, thanks. One, one point to me. Okay, so... Um, Number five. Oh, okay, I've got another uh, name game. Standard name game, right? Lovely. A man moves into a house and he's right into his crafts. And he wants to make a furry Christmas card. But all of his furs and felts and prick stick and glitter is in this one drawer. And he knows this is the right drawer because he's stuck loads of bits of fur to it. But he can't get into it because there's a girl standing on it. <laughs> the girl on the fur drawer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it works. Okay. Uh, I need to rate the film, man. I have no idea what you're going to go for. Oh Jesus. Um, C, M, Punk is in this film, so we're going to go for. C- it's definitely right. It's definitely a C for CM Punk. I think <laughs> I might go for a C. I was going to go for a C minus, but I feel like now we've chatted about it a bit more. I realised I liked more about it than I didn't like. If that makes sense. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest watch. I think it was a bit jarring, a bit strange, but it it's got got a lot of good a lot of good good ideas. Hmm. I'm not saying those good ideas are always executed really well, but hmm. sometimes those good ideas are sort of good enough just on their own. They don't need to be executed massively well. And it's kind of I like this, I like the aesthetic of the film. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. So yeah, I think I would go for a C. Straight up C. No mucking about. I think um I think this film tried to do something unique, uh and you know, do the haunted house with its own spin. Um I was kinda like it didn't completely work, but I mean um it's a cool story. I don't think it quite works in the end. It kinda it kinda put me off in the end actually. But I liked all the practical effects. I think they did a lot with probably was potentially quite a, a small budget. Um, so I was like, I mean, between C plus and B minus. I think I'm going to give C plus. Oh, oh. C plus. Um, That's good. It feels like the right place for it. Um, yeah, man. Okay, so um, next week we are taking a Christmas. Taking a Christmas. We're going to have one of them. We're going to do a Christmas, yeah. We don't want to release an episode on Christmas Day, you know, because uh, people don't care. No. Uh, and then the week after that, we are going to gonna get Mr. Sheets himself, Andy Conduit-Turner on, I believe, if he's free. Andy Sheets. Andy Sheets. Um, and we're going to do like a, a roundup episode, something that we did last year. And we're going to do a Yeah, so we're going to do like a... So last year we did, a, we did like a year, a year in review where we kind of discuss our favourite films, you know, our least favourite films, things we've missed, things we're looking forward to next year. Well, I guess because it's the end of the decade as well, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about our favourite films of the decade, favourite horror films of the decade. Mm, cool. Right. Sounds good. Yeah. Alright, man. Um, so, thanks to everyone listening. Uh, thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, uh, consider giving us a rating review in the iTunes. Remember to hit subscribe. Thanks to uh, people in the Facebook group. Horror Hangout Board Advisors. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Kristen for the little email at the start. That was nice. Thank you. Thanks to Mikael Fed for being a horror dude. What? Thanks very much, Luke, for being also being a right horror dude. Oh. And thanks to CM Punk. Thanks, Punk. Thanks, Punky. All right.
Bye. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.